Welcome to the sweetest little life where we are connecting the mind, body, and soul for women in business. This podcast is all about releasing the light in you and becoming the divine inner goddess that you were destined to be. I'm Courtney Hansen, and I'm your host, author, influencer, and coach. And I am so excited to hang with you for the next 30 minutes. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Hello and happy Friday, TGIF. This week was so draining for some reason. I don't know if it's the moon shift or what's happening, but is anyone else just feeling a little sleepy, a little lethargic? Because I am happy it is the weekend. So today we are having a beautiful soul on the podcast and I couldn't be more excited. It's a little unconventional, but she is amazing. And I really just enjoy free flow conversations. And so today we are going to really talk about if you're interested in starting a podcast, how to kind of dive in the biggest tip she has, she is actually an educator and runs a podcast all about kind of the innovations and unconventional education and really focused on how to make things better. And this is the type of woman that just moves mountains. So today we are going to hear her successes. We're going to hear how she kind of pivoted through her quarantine story. So without further ado, let's welcome Kyra. Hello, how are you? Hi there, I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Me too. Thank you so much for having me on. And from all this distance. I know, it's amazing. I was going to say good morning and then I was like, it's evening there. It's evening, it's 6 p.m., yeah. Oh my goodness. So (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about you, your story, how you got started, just all the good stuff? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm Kyra and um, I'm basically an educator, but I do, I wear a lot of different hats. Um, so I started out my kind of career in university and college admissions and recruitment. Um, and I was born in the U.S., so I, I understood a little bit about the U.S. higher education system and how students like to study. Um, and I was hired for a small liberal arts college based in London, which is where I grew up. Uh, And after that, I moved to a bigger, much bigger research university in London, where I recruited students, um, selected students, I would say, because they were a good university uh, in different countries across Europe. So my job was taking me all over the world and traveling to see different schools, different contexts, students in different places. And that really led me towards uh, knowing that guidance counseling existed because in British schools, in my, in my kind of secondary school system, we didn't really have that. Um, and I became really interested in the, the work that guidance counselors do and that kind of formative shaping of, of young people and their, their knowledge about themselves and what they're good at and what they, what they want to go on to do in the world and, of course, what they want to study mm-hmm. um, or do as a job. And that has led me now to, after three schools, three different international schools later with different roles um, in guidance and and counselling and careers, um, I work for a startup now where we we run um, online 
experiential learning programs that in, include internships with different co companies in uh, who do very socially responsible work. So they're all aligned with a mission and a vision that's about going out and making the world a bit better. And that kind of ties into my podcast too, because during lockdown, um, I was looking at just how I could keep connected and how I could find my international education tribe um, and engage them, even though I wasn't working physically in a school because I felt the pain of all of these educators who had to suddenly flip and go online. And I really felt that there was sort of inspiration needed for our, our industry and our, my colleagues to hear about great innovations happening around the world. So that's how the pilot ed was was started and that's how it um became my lockdown baby <laughs> i love that and so on the, um on your podcast you go through and really get into detail kind of connecting people from all over it sounds like yes um so we had i ended season one in uh just at the end of july and we had i think guests from maybe 13 different countries but we had listeners from 70 so that just goes to show how, how wide reaching the topics were. And I think, you know, the, the beauty and the uniqueness of the international school, the international education world is that lots of people move around and they have friends that maybe they'll recommend the podcast to in a different country, um, which is great. But, you know, the coverage was really exciting and really impressive. And it really did help me feel connected when I was just basically stuck in the same two rooms in my tiny apartment in Spain. And um, it really helped keep doors open professionally as well. It led to some great conversations that have helped me along the way. So, yeah, it, it was really a, a really awesome thing to start. I love that. Okay, so... ...to not feel like you had that connection with people, to not know where to go get your tribe, how to stay connected, how to stay on top of your business. And I know a lot of people kind of spiraled through that time. And so I would mm -hmm. love to kind of just talk about connection and reaching out to people because I feel like no matter what industry that you are in, it is so important to have that support group and that network that you are communicating mm -hmm. and talking to people and getting feedback. So what was your biggest success with really finding people who you could connect with, who would lift you up? Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I think this time, you know, this context, this, this time of year that we all lived and are, are still living in many cases has meant that um, we feel much more disconnected. And I've always been a kind of a networker. I think I'm a natural kind of networker who's always found my tribe wherever I've gone, but I have moved around a lot. And so people don't necessarily know where I'm living right now, or what, what kind of work I'm doing. So my way to stay connected is, is always um, finding, finding kind of groups online and interacting on social media. So, so Twitter is a really great place for me as an educator because there's so many other educators on Twitter who are talking about really cool things, who are sharing resources, and it just exploded during COVID people had to pivot overnight and turn their classes online and so people were sharing lesson plans they were sharing great technology that worked for them they were finding workarounds you know sharing pictures of how to set up their virtual classroom and film like you know their board they were using by placing things on top of like a kitchen cupboard and then filming it with their phone it was so inventive and, and so fun and really supportive and um, I'm part also of a network of, of women uh, leaders in education called Women Ed and that was by chance I went to a conference and, and heard them speak they had a 
entire stage dedicated to talks all about empowering female leaders, both aspiring and current female leaders. And this network is also global. So it has chapters in, I think, 90 or 96 countries. And through that, setting up a chapter here in Spain, I've met other amazing women and really incredible leaders who are, who are trying to encourage others to get together to network, not just physically. I mean, we did while we could, but uh, also online. And that led to some webinars that we ran during COVID as well to try and keep that community feeling centered, connected. And, you know, there were a lot of topics people wanted to discuss. So um, it was really easy to find people to speak. And of course, everyone was at home, everyone was available. So um, that worked out really well as well. I'd, I'd say that was, you know, I've definitely found my tribe there. And my gosh, they are so supportive with each other on Twitter, um, on Instagram, on Facebook, you know, following and retweeting. So that, that has been really good. But I, I, I do understand it's challenging. It's, it's been a real challenge. And I guess, you know, like you, I think reaching out with other podcasters and talking and finding people that you admire, people whose work you listen to and you think, yes, you know, that, that has done something for me. I've learned something from that. Now was the time to reach out because everybody was more available and you kind of knew you could get hold of people. And it was also very supportive and gave people a boost. I think if you told them that you were enjoying their work, it was, it's, it's always helpful, but it was even more helpful during this period. Oh, I can't agree more with you on that. And I feel like a lot of people too, you know, kind of went into that you know, depressive state with you're not leaving your house, you're not doing anything. And it did happen. So all of a sudden that it was like, okay, here's my life. And now I have to do a complete 360 and change to something else. And so that reaching mm-hmm. out and being able to like give someone that little glimpse of hope, like, hey, like, I really liked this, or, I, you know, like, I would love to work with you. Or I think just those simple yeah. little steps. And I feel like so often fear gets in the way of us having this great potential or this great conversation with someone because we're scared to reach out to them. And I have so many clients that tell me, they're like, oh, I'm not big enough yet to work with them. Or I I don't have enough followers or I'm this or I'm that. It's like, no, you, you are so capable and you're just as equal as they are. We're all just people. That's exactly it. I mean, it was the great leveler, um, I thought in a way, because I, I approached guests for my podcast that I, would never have thought would have said yes and they did and then I was also you know several episodes in as as listenership was growing I had people approach me and say congrats on the podcast that I valued I, I I was in awe of them you know they were professional heroes so one of them is um I think she's episode nine or ten um Rebecca Ziegler Mano and she's a an American who moved to Zimbabwe maybe 25 years ago and married a Zimbabwean man and she set up a school for um high achieving low low income Zimbabwean students um that fully funds them or finds them scholarships to go and study at various fantastic universities around the world and so someone like that who is an education heroine of mine to hear that she was also enjoying my work was like mind-blowing my my head exploded but it led to a collaboration because I could then approach her and say well come on I would love to speak to you and so um, that's that's also led to us supporting in my current company some some fundraising efforts that her school are doing right now for for um, equipment for the school so everything is cyclical in that way and if you give out good vibes they come back and I'm, I'm a firm believer that no one is too big. Like everyone has time. Mm-hmm. Everyone has time. If, if you're aligned, they'll find the time for you. Yes. Oh, I could not agree more with that statement. And I think it's so important too, to be able to like, just come at connection when we change our perception about 
how we're approaching people. And I love that you said alignment and just kind of that high vibration, because when we are trying to find, you know, our tribe and our community and that network, I feel it's really important to come as confidence, come as you are, be proud of who you are. And I love, I mean, one of my favorite quotes is that there's only one of you because it's so true. Like there is only one of you and that is so special. Yes. I mean, lots of us, like you said, it's fear, isn't it? I mean, you can choose to live your life from a place of fear or a place of abundance. And Mm -hmm. I hope that I choose the latter most of the time, but it is incredibly difficult when you don't have feedback. And I think that's, that's what, talks speaks to what you were saying about finding people who maybe can mentor or can support you or who are that maybe the next rung of wherever you want to be um so that you can hear from them about you know they went through it too every every powerful person or people that we admire they go through the same imposter syndrome they go through the same feelings of isolation they go through the same questioning they have the same critical self-talk and it's 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 not unique we all have it but some of us allow it to get in the way more than others. And I've learned that from being surrounded by really amazing women, especially, I have to say, in this, in this respect, I've been very, very empowered by professional confidants who you know, are a few years ahead of me on the career ladder or have done something that I really admire. And hearing that they've gone through similar challenges and that they just kept going is what is so helpful. Um, it, it makes you feel like, you know, you're all human. There's no one who's up on a pedestal, just as you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I want to kind of get into podcasts too, because I know your podcast really took off during quarantine and that was your baby. And you've met <laughs> a lot of really amazing people through that. And I get people all the time that are like, I want to start a podcast. Is it a lot of work? Like people think mm-hmm. it's so simple to start a podcast. <laughs> And there's (laughs) lots of uh, labor of love hours that go into it. So I just would love Mm -hmm. to hear your journey of, you know, what I know you got inspired to do this podcast, but what has your experience been like with it? Has it been, I know you've met all these great people, but what are some tips and tricks you can give people who really want to get into podcasting? Okay, so I have to give a huge shout out here to a guy called David Ames, who runs a podcast called um, The Graceful Atheist. Um, which is a podcast all about deconversion from being um, a, a, a Christian. Essentially, he was raised as a devout Christian and he um, is working through the process and talking to lots of other spiritual or ex-spiritual people about their experiences with religion. And it's a fantastic podcast in its own right, but he he's a friend. And he was so wonderful because I, I remember um, saying to my partner that I wanted to start one and that I had this, I don't know where it came from. I just I just felt like it was something very important to learn how to do. It was a skill I wanted to learn. And I mentioned it to him and he connected us. And David sat down with me and and on a show on the West Coast. So it was early in the morning for him, late for me. And um, he walked me through his and all of the all of the software he used. We talked about microphones, we talked about anchor, we talked about hosting, we talked about RSS feeds. He explained everything patiently. I'm not technologically very blessed, so it took a while. I took copious notes and he said, call me back if you need anything else. And having someone offer that time was so invaluable because it really helped me feel like anyone could do this. He made it sound like, you know, here I am working my way through these issues each time I want to upload and this is what I do and this is how I solved it. And it was incredibly helpful to hear that, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, there's no science around it. It's just um, something that you have to kind of take up and see where it goes. And I was fully planning to uh, record and edit 
every episode and do all of the work myself and um what happened was that I, I found myself editing and it was just taking me a long time like I said I'm not technologically the most advanced person I, I can I do my best but you know with sound recording um with editing I find it tricky and there were lots of um you know my, my guests have um, they come from various places you know there are nuances to the things that they're saying I wanted to insert some voiceover as well uh, to explain things because sometimes there are technical terms that you know, someone might not understand or that we might need to lead up to a question so I actually engaged an editor um, and that was the best decision I could have made because it meant two things it meant I had to feel like I was kind of giving up a little bit on something that frustrated me which, which mm. I needed to let go of and and tell myself you know you're not not a podcaster just because you're not an editor you can still be a podcaster if you outsource this and the reason that I think the podcast was so well received is because the production value went up incredibly because I found a guy who was a professional sound editor who was also out of work during COVID and could help me out for a price that I could afford. And that, that was a really great decision because, you know, my, my friends and my partner at the time were saying, you should recognize that this is part of your brand. This is your calling card. This is your work. And if you send sub quality work out there into the world, it's not going to be as listenable as something that is well produced. And I took that to heart and I thought, absolutely right. I don't want something reflecting my work and my mission to be less than excellent. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it meant it meant giving up on some of that control and it meant feeling a little bit at first like I had failed in some way or like I was, you know, not being a complete podcaster. But, you know, in the end, screw that. What's important is that people want to keep listening. So if your quality speaks for itself, then the podcast is, is easier to share and it's easier for people to keep listening to. Uh, yes. And outsourcing is so important. Like I feel for success when we are trying so hard to cling on to everything, like we are only one person and can only do so many things. And when we are striving to, like you were saying, really produce something that's excellent and that really resonates with people, we have to focus on creating and the main mm -hmm. thing of kind of pumping out the content and the rest yeah. of it when you're able to outsource it or if you're able to do trade or collabs or whatever that looks like. I know it's such an individual, you know, kind of journey with that, but outsourcing is not a bad thing and I, I feel it's really looked down on. I was actually so <laughs> funny. I was listening to a podcast last week and the girl was talking about, you know, she runs two very successful businesses. And she was saying how her husband was like, hey, why don't we hire a house cleaner? Because I know we're always like in and out and we have the kids and it's busy. And she's like, no, I, I, I'm not hiring a house cleaner. I can clean my own house because she wanted the line <laughs> on the carpet. And right. so she was spending like 10 hours a week vacuuming these damn lines on the carpet of her house. And so oh. when she when she hired a house cleaner, she's like, I then realized I had 10 hours to spend with my kids or to actually work on things that were a passion of mine versus making lines on my carpet. And I feel like from the outside looking in, it's so simple. But when you're in it, that's just your control of needing to, you know, manage everything and, you know, have all the puppets and run everything. And it's like when you let go of that, that's when magic happens. Yes, absolutely agree. I, I think there are two things I want to say about that. One is we do so many things that, you know, I think I think about the big picture. I think about the bottom line. I think when I get to my deathbed, will I wish that I'd spent more time doing this? 
Um, so that's a really good way of clearing the clutter out of the non-essential. And I don't wish I would have learned to spend more time sound editing because I don't like it. <laughs> I can do the basics. I know where to cut. And I, but I, you know, I want someone who can really make that intro and outro music sound great and, and make those fades sound awesome. And it, and it keeps people committed. And the second thing is there's a reason that, you know, mass produced media has multiple roles and multiple facets. No TV show is run with, you know, one star or one person. No movie is made in that way. I mean, it's a team effort. It's a collaboration. And all creative work is like that. The best creative work is about collaborating because everybody's skill sets are so completely different. So mm -hmm. like you say, to be a good host, to make people feel at ease, to ask the questions, to do your research is another entirely different skill set than being able to, to, to make amazing intro music or being able to, you know, make the timings of something perfect. And there's a reason that we have specialists in art. Um, so I, I think we need to start thinking of podcasting as an art form because it is, it can be if it's done right. And, you know, nobody, no artist did all of that on their own. Um, if you're talking about a production in any other sense, no TV program, no radio show, um, you know, no, no movie. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> Well, I know we're in different time zones, and so I know you got to hop off here quickly, but I want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you, that they can listen to your show, and I'm so glad that we finally got to chat. I know we connected yes. when quarantine first hit, and it has been way long overdue, and I so enjoyed today. Me too. No, I, I would I would love, um, you know, if your listeners are interested in, in education, especially if they're interested in um, alternatives or innovations within education. And there are two distinct audiences for my podcast. One is educators themselves who feel frustrated by being um, maybe curtailed by the systems that they're working in or by the results that they have to be showing and that they really want to work in a much more holistic or a much more student focused way. And then the other audience I found has been parents and parents who have seen that their children for whatever reason were suffering or were not fitting in to a traditional schooling system. Um, that's not to say that all of the people I've had on the podcast represent non-traditional schooling systems, but they are innovating and thinking about how to make it better. Um, and so if anyone wants to take a listen, then I'm on, you know, Anchor and Apple and Spotify as the piloted podcast. So it's the, the pilot ed um, altogether or no capitals. Oh, thank you so much for today. I just love your purpose and just keep spreading your light, girl. Thank you. No, yes. you too. And it's, it's been wonderful to connect. And, um, you know, I'm sure that your, my listeners too would be really, really psyched to hear from you. So um, let's do those collabs and let's make sure that we can get, um, you know, the other people involved as well that maybe would fit. Absolutely. Okay, well, we will chat soon. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Courtney. Lovely to meet you. You too. You have Bye a great her. day. I hope you guys absolutely loved today's conversation with Kyra. She is so fun to talk to and just so educated in what she does and her passion. And I love how people from just such different walks of life and from all over the world can connect. That is just magic. And it's so nice to have the diversity and be blessed to connect with someone across the world on a podcast and how that brings us together. So I just encourage you this weekend, let's just have the word unity. Let's just 
really focus on connection, reaching out to someone you haven't talked to in a while, reaching out to someone you've been afraid to approach, but you really admire. Let's jump out of comfort zones. I hope you guys have a beautiful weekend and we will chat soon.